way the education system works now, that there's opportunities for for everybody that applies themselves, that works hard, that's determined, that they can create a path of, of success. Welcome to the Chapin Commute. We've had a little bit of a break uh, for the holidays, but now we're back at it. Uh, recording an episode today with Zach Kassenbaum, who is the superintendent of schools at Lincoln Christian School. Zach has an extensive background with several different schools and school districts, and he is uh, an expert in the area of education, what it means, and why it is important. Welcome to Zach Kassenbaum. He is the superintendent at uh, Lincoln Christian School here in Lincoln, Nebraska. Uh, it is the school that all three of my children, um, which includes Sarah, the producer, uh, went to and graduated from. It also is where my wife used to uh, work. So I should get that out right up front before I let uh, Zach introduce himself and tell a little bit of his backstory. So welcome, Zach. Thanks for having me on. And yeah, just a immediate shout out there that we, we do miss your wife. So Sue, if you listen to this, we miss having you here in the business office and the impact she had. So thanks for having me on. As as you said, David, I'm Zach Kaspom, superintendent at Lincoln Christian School. This is my eighth year. Um, I was superintendent school at Ashland Greenwood Public Schools for five years before that. Parkview Christian School, two years before that and an administrator at Waverly High School preceding that. And that's also where I started my teaching and coaching. And so have been in education. Oh, boy, um, going on a little over 20 years, I guess. So moving on up in, in, in the world, you're not a, a job hopper by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, you have, uh, have uh, proven yourself successful at different spots and, and been hired on. So I would like to start off with asking you about your commute. We call it the Chapin Commute. And so we like to ask uh, folks, first off, how far is your commute to work? <laughs> well, from driveway to where I park, about two and a half minutes. Two and a half minutes. All righty. And what do you, and so you, you park, you, you usually take a car for that? I do. Yep. And even in the summer when I probably should be riding a bike or, or jogging or walking, I'm still taking a car for that. All right. And so what kind of cars are you driving? We like to get that on, on record. As well. <laughs> I have uh, an old, about 2007 uh, Lincoln MKX little SUV. Well, good deal. Now, people who can visualize that, there are some car people who want to know what the car is. So um, look in your mind. They can, they can see that driving down the road. Um, we are going to talk to you for more than two and a half minutes, um, hopefully. Uh, you're an expert in the area of education, like you said, you have a background with a lot of different schools. And so when we thought about who to talk to, uh, your name was the name that kept coming up time after time. When you just hear the word education, which is a broad word, what do you think? Honestly, um, you know, as a person that has kind of committed their life around education, for me, I really think about just the opportunity to better yourself. Um, I think education can be taken in a lot of different areas beyond just academic, but just education in a nutshell is opportunity to better yourself, create opportunities for yourself, um, and then ultimately impact others. And I think education is a launching pad for individuals. It's a chance for them to make out of, you know, to, to make their path to, 
I believe the way the education system works now, that there's opportunities for for everybody that applies themselves, that works hard, that's determined, that they can create a path of of success. And that's what I love about education is it can empower you to go accomplish things that you want to accomplish. And ultimately, through the lens I look at it, ultimately, through a kingdom lens is the fact that ultimately you you use those gifts and abilities that you've been given by the Lord an opportunity to maximize those gifts gifts and abilities to impact people for him and, and just to make as big as in a kingdom impact as, as he will allow again. And education just, I think, exponentially increases our opportunity to do that. And again, I just don't mean in the world of academia, but education in whatever area or field or, or pursuit that you have becoming equipped and skilled to, to better do that in your life. Right. And not to make the first answer too long winded, but education to me also is just the process and the humility of lifelong learning. Like it's the it's the opportunity to continually learn and continually better yourself. That's a great, great point. I mean, all of us, you know, we're in the United States of America, went to school. You know, we 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 see school, we went to school, we graduated. And I, I suppose there's a few people who haven't I, I don't know if they've they're listening or, or not but you know when you, you as as you move on in life if that's kind of where you stop educating yourself and as you move on in life it's it, I always wonder you know that that the difference you know, a lot of people may looked at life and they were a students in school but kind of forgot the pursuit when it wasn't required of them anymore and 20 30 years later w- what have they done whereas other people just you know saw education as a role to to better themselves, to continue to invest in themselves. 20, 30 years later, they're a completely different person than left the school. And obviously the school helps set them up for success. But uh, I appreciate you including that in, in the lifelong um, track. At the different places that you've been an educator and part of the system, what do you think the key is to, to launching people into a life of education? I'm a big believer that kind of culture precedes everything. And so if any organization you're part of, I think building a culture of relationships to where, first of all, young men and women trust you <laughs> and uh, in, know that you invest in them and love and care about them and then ultimately have their best interests in mind. And then, it's, then it becomes a discipleship process of where you get to counsel and walk alongside kids and you get to help them understand their gifts and abilities and and you get to help them become visionary, so to speak, and what life could look like. And through my years of experience before Lincoln Christian as well, that like a lot of times we'd we'd work with kids, it'd be their first, they'd be the first in their family to to be able to dream beyond high school, right? Or what it might look like to go to a four-year college or directly even into a trade school and be prepared to to go out into the world and, and be really successful. So I think that's that's that big piece of where kids young men and women and even the people on staff buy into a culture and a culture that believes in high levels of excellence and success and that that a big thing that I drive is especially in those environments is I, I just don't believe in buying into a victim mindset. Like you have opportunities before you. And so creating a culture of where people understand that with hard work and perseverance and dedication and, and doing things that aren't always fun to do that you can pave a pathway to to have success and experiences in your life. And education is a, a big tool for you to do that. But you got to have, you got to help sometimes kids and 
even families dream and, and envision what that looks like. You know, that you brought up in, in your answer there, relationships. And I have heard you tell the story on numerous occasions, and I'll put you a little bit on the spot. But when you mention relationships, it reminds me of when I was a kid going to school, safety wasn't even really a thought. I didn't even think about, am I going to be safe at school? Now, there was, of course, a, I went to a school full of people. So there was bullying and there was people who didn't treat others the way they deserve to be treated. But today's world with school shootings, it is something that that, that comes up uh, with parents that, that bring that up. And I would guess kids think about it. And they'd, they'd, they'd be inhuman if they didn't think about that. But you always talk about what prevention of those in instances you know, that, that you try as a superintendent to do. And I don't know if you'd be willing to share that with the... Yeah, well, unfortunately, in, in targeted acts of school violence, many of them come from within the school body. They come from either students that attended or have attended or people connected with the school. And so um, I'm not just a, a personal believer of it because of a gut feeling or on a whim, but but research overwhelmingly supports too. Even even research going way back to the to initial school shootings when we could count those as a rarity or an oddity, which unfortunately they're not anymore. And and back when the United States Department of Justice partnered with the United States Department of Education in a joint study in looking at all these acts of targeted school violence. And the one commonality that they did find for um, assailants or attackers that survived and they were able to put through questions and, and ultimately a form of psychoanalysis was the fact that they all had just one thing in common as they looked at all the different traits and, and the research supports again, is that they were unable to identify an adult in the building that they had a trusting, meaningful relationship with. And so we've taken that to be very powerful information. And um, we work very diligently to ensure every every child has at least one and hopefully more trusting, meaningful relationship with an adult. We go so far as to have our staff go through our entire student body and mark an X by their name if they feel like they have a meaningful relationship with the student. And if we see, uh-oh, there's a gap there, and then we have a, a, a team of people that come together to make sure that we make a connection but then we also do the, the the reverse of that as well, where we do what we call a wellness survey to our students, where we ask them all kinds of questions just about their overall wellness. And one of those questions worked in there is, do you have a trusting, meaningful relationship with at least one adult at Lincoln Christian School? And then we ask them to identify the adult as well. So if we can see if there's themes in, wow, this staff member is really knocking it out of the park. I mean, you know, 70% of the kids mentioned this man or woman, so we can then leverage that and utilize, hey, what are the things they're doing? Why why are they so heavily sought after as a mentor? Um, and obviously we do a lot more outside of that, but uh, our core value at Lincoln Christian, of one of our four is relationships. And we take that very seriously. It's a great story and a great reminder, I think, of, you know, of building relationships. It sounds so intentional. And I think many people could listen to that and it's, it's calculating and it's it's like wow i mean that's really getting right there and and it, it's it almost and I, I don't know how people react to that but then i think to myself you know that's the way life is if i want to lose weight i need to be intentional about watching what it is i'm eating if i want to get better at golf i need to go to the driving range and be intentional about learning what it takes to become a, a better golfer i mean it, it intentional and going out and do that that's what makes improvement 
that's what gets things things done. I can't just sit around and, and wait for things to be kind of happenstance good. Uh, you know, there's a obviously as as a Christian, I believe that 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 uh, you know God is all powerful and can make things happen, but but not with me sitting on the sidelines. I'm, I'm not called to sit on the sidelines, and so it's a it's a very heartwarming story. I do. Do you, you know, that's what you do at Lincoln Christian. Um, but like you said, it's the Department of Education and Department of Justice, was it, that you said came up with that kind of study? It's public knowledge. I'll take over just a little bit. So you talk about your your drive and you're, you're very passionate about education. And I feel like growing up, every kid has three answers that they put for what you want to be when you grow up. It's either teacher, sports, uh, some involvement, or like an actor, actress, whatever you want to call it. And so I kind of want to know just like your beginnings of education, like what really made you want to pursue this for your life? Well, so you actually hit on a couple as you were giving different examples is one, um, I caught on really early, even just through uh, growing up as, as a young man in Heber, Nebraska, and getting into um, becoming a lifeguard and then Red Cross swimming and then teaching swimming lessons. And then we created a, a river lake safety course where we worked with kids from surrounding communities. And I was only a few years older than them, but leading a course. And I, I realized I, I really enjoyed that. And then I started working. Sports were a big part of my life. Just had a huge passion in it. And through mentors in the sports world taught me a lot about character and hard work. And so I really wanted to combine the two of them as far as working with kids and athletics. And so that that really drove me into I wanted to be, you know, do something that worked with kids and and coached at first. And I didn't know exactly what that looked like. And then eventually that led me into teaching and coaching. And that was that was my first job was to be a teacher and to be a coach. And then what I realized even more is while I, I absolutely loved my time in the classroom, I've started to begin to recognize just organizational structure and impact and how bigger decisions impacted the bigger machine, so to speak, in regard to what it could do for culture. And, and just while I was impacting, you know, 30 kids in my classroom, each period, I started to realize, hey, there's, there's things that I could do that potentially impact every single kid walking in our building or, or our district. I was already hungry about education. So I continued to pursue my master's and then my doctorate in, in very, aggressive order because sometimes I look back and think maybe a little bit of craziness and timeline and uh, sleep um, deprived to then have that passion of where I realized that I, I, I love trying to impact others as far as putting them in position to experience success. And then that led me into administration and which eventually then led me into the superintendency. So I never did though, which you asked a great question. I never started off saying I wanted to be a principal or superintendent. I started off saying I want to work with either just young men and women, and I'd love it to be something around athletics activities, personal development, um, even sports and strength training, those kinds of things. So in your, in your life, is there an example of, of uh, a mentor or someone that kind of sticks out to you in this area of education? Yeah, you know, <clears throat> I'd have a couple in the area of education, like, and the first one would be the education of life. And that honestly would be my father in regard to just a, a, a no nonsense, understand hard work and discipline, um, drive like that. My education of real life came through him in like, 
when I talk about not having a victim mindset, not making excuses, finding pathways, a lot of that came from his mindset and his drive. And then in the area of education itself, I was blessed to to work under some some strong, actually Christian men in a public school environment. And one of those is Dr. Dan Ernst. Um, he's very well known mo- mo- in the education world. Uh, he was a very successful superintendent at Waverly High School and has served as the executive director of the uh, Council of Nebraska Council of School Administrators, highly respected leader, and then Dr. Phil Warwick, who was the high school principal at Waverly. And they saw something in me at a young age that maybe I didn't fully see in myself. Um, after about two years of being in the classroom and coaching, which is an abnormally short amount of time, um, I got called to the district office by by Dr. Dan. And um, I thought, oh my goodness, what have I done? Like I've only been here two years, could have I messed up that bad? And uh, that was the time when I talk about setting vision and that's what he did for me. He told me that he saw something in me um, that he wanted me to start to think about leadership. Um, I'll be honest, I was a second year teacher. You know, I hadn't uh, started thinking about leading um, a class B school district at that time. And but he shifted my mindset in regard to preparation and and what could be accomplished. And and I began to really just watch how he dealt with people, his soft skills. Um, he was very respected. You you did what Dr. Dan said, but at the same time, you never ever saw him angry or you know, dictatorship. He just had a way with people to to inspire, but also high expectations for what what he expected. And and the same with Phil Warwick, an exceptional building principal, Nebraska principal of the year, one year, does writing for or Dr. Uh, Robert Marzano now, who's one of the most well-known um, research writers for education in the world. Uh, and and Phil Warwick is one of his uh, main contributors to books right now. And and he's another gentleman that just took me under his wing and, and believed in what I could do and uh, put me in opportunities before some people would probably say, hey, a 26-year-old... Uh, a 27 year old is ready for at that time. And there was times I thought that too. <laughs> it's, it seems so young. I mean, of course, when you, when you did it, you know, you might have, that happens to us a lot here in, in all the different uh, businesses and people listening can probably think back and it seems like younger people just aren't ready. But then I look back at myself and think, well, good grief. When I was that age, I was, people thought enough of me to put me in those kind of positions. So I, I need to trust uh, other other folks, but that's young, isn't it, Sarah? That, that either 26, 27 is young people. Oh, yeah, the youngest. <laughs> All righty, yes, we, we caught Sarah the other day talking about young people these days in a meeting, and uh, someone pointed out and kind of mocked her that Sarah Chapin was talking about uh, people being young. So we all have to laugh at that expense. Well, that just means you're maturing, right? Exactly. Yeah, well, it let, it close with... Um, do uh, you have any advice for people in the area of, uh, you know, how they can improve themselves uh, when it comes to education? Yeah, I I think it honestly it goes with how do you improve yourself in anything you do, and and that for me is taking action. So many, I hear so many people talk about the best laid plans, and so many people talk about this is what I want and the what ifs, and uh, sometimes you just really have to lay it out and then start taking the steps, and so. In regard to whether it's going after an education or or pursuing a degree that you want or 
going after a position you want or just bettering yourself. My my advice is again just that mindset and recognition of start taking steps forward one after another with a mindset that you're that you're not going to stop no matter what obstacles you face. And I would be remiss if I didn't throw in that I don't think we can do that on our own. Like I I pray for everybody listening that they would recognize for me personally and and I hope that for the same like that that strength comes from Jesus Christ in me my my faith being in something much bigger than myself and and a recognition and a promise of of you know a savior that's with me and uh it gives me a confidence and a hope each day again just i i keep moving forward with faith and and i i my my advice my my prayer would be other people understand that hope and understand the gospel message and have that faith moving forward. But like you said earlier, Dave, and that's something I really like is sometimes people just use the expression like, well, you know, ultimately what God wants is going to happen or ultimately, and they take away any self-responsibility. And the reality is they're right. God is sovereign and his plans prevail. But as we look in scripture, God uses people and God uses action. And so we're called to our due diligence well, I'm I'm starting to ramble on there with you now. I'm sure I I've tired people's listening, but that'd be my advice. No, you uh, you've not rambled on. Uh, it's been a great listening to you and hearing from you on your expertise. Again, um, you know, several people mentioned to me uh, that that you are the guy to talk to on this topic. You do an outstanding job um, there at the school. Obviously, the school has been great for years because. Um, you predate Sarah's time there, and we sent our kids there. But it's just uh, tickles me that that at Lincoln Christian, you know, things te- continue to go on um, in excellence in the area of education, and that uh, they are at the hands of such an expert like yourself. So I thank you. I know this is a busy time. We're recording this in the middle of a uh, school year. I appreciate all the kind words towards me, but there has been just strong men and women that have supported Lincoln Christian for so many years before I even arrived. And I'm just getting to carry on a legacy of what God's done here. So, but I appreciate the kind words and I'm thankful for the men and women he's God has surrounded me with. Great to hear from Zach. He's very passionate about education. He uh, has thought deeply about it. There is a reason for all of his actions and uh, where he comes to. He is a um, a great leader uh, and someone who really has a heart for uh, helping people help themselves as they move forward. So a refreshing conversation. What did you take away? Yeah, it's great to see someone that's so passionate about it and that he had those mentors in his life that saw something in him that encouraged him to continue in his own education to become where he is now. He's ready to go. When we asked him about who would, who had led him, he knew those people and uh, he was quick to uh, point them out. So it's very important the impact we can have on each other. So I thank everybody for uh, listening in. We got a lot of great episodes coming up to uh, start out 2024.